Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. And then there's a musical interlude. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are deputy editor Tori Preston. Hello. And Pajiba's senior Riverdale correspondent, <laughs> Dustin Rose. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Hello. Uh, that name will make sense in a little bit as we introduce a new segment called Dustin's Riverdale Recap. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the new TV this week, uh, Living With Yourself on Netflix with Paul Rudd. Uh, Watchmen on HBO, uh, a couple other shows if we have time, and of course we'll play a game at the end. But first, what's everyone drinking? <laughs> I'll start. I'm drinking. So Trader Joe's had a whole display, uh, a wine display, as they tend to do, but they had uh, Halloween-themed wines, which I don't think okay. they're actually, they're just like spooky names. So I selected a lovely bottle of uh, red wine, miscellaneous red wine, called Phantom <laughs> Um, and it was pricier than I was expecting a <laughs> bottle of miscellaneous red wine called Phantom to be. But, you know, it was still like 15 bucks, so it's not bad. So you don't actually know what the wine no, is? No, it's like, it's. I feel like it's this new trend with like California wines where they're, they're not like a type because it's all some sort of like red blend, but they don't want to say uh-huh. red blend. So then they just come up with some really weird name. They just took one of the other wines and put a different label on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they just mixed the dregs of a couple of barrels, and they're like, "It's a blend." <laughs> Happy Halloween! Yeah. The flavor I would describe as, you know, spookily jammy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in the interest of keeping the podcast under an hour and a half this week, I am <laughs> drinking red, drinking uh, sparkling water. Uh, grapefruit sparkling water from Whole Foods and black coffee. Together? No, no, separately. <laughs> that I'm makes just the, not drinking wine because I tend to get you, really talky. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, you need to open a bottle of wine. Yeah. Sure. I thought you I'm seemed like, a little yeah. chipper. <laughs> I, was a little, I was like worried. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm still drinking uh, W.L. Weller Reserve because that's what is open in my apartment. And uh, I, I'm not going to spend money when I have stuff that's here. So Fair. Fair enough. And there's um, no dead animals in it. No dead animals in it, as far <laughs> as I know. Uh, all right. This week uh, on TV, obviously Watchmen was a big thing Sunday night. Uh, we're going to come back to that in a moment. But first, uh, Tori and I both watched all of Netflix's Living With Yourself, which premiered on Friday uh, if you're not, a, if you don't know the show, it's the show starring Paul Rudd and another Paul Rudd. Um, basically, it's, he's in a kind of in a midlife rut, uh, clones himself, chaos ensues. That's the gist of the show. Yes. 
Uh, Tori, what did you think? What was your... Okay. Did you enjoy it? Did you, I, were you charmed by having two poles? So here's the thing. So I inexplicably kind of adored it, but I can't put my <laughs> finger on why. So... Okay. Uh, let me tell you the problems with it, because I'm still trying yeah. to figure this out. <laughs> uh, so the show, and obviously when you have a trailer uh, with two Paul Rudds, like, you know, in a car together, you imagine it's going to be kind of a wacky comedy, and it's not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's closer to Maniac, it just in the, the way that it plays with uh, tones. Mm-hmm. So it goes from comedy to sort of weird drama, but it never lands on either one. It stays very fluid and, and, uh, transient in tone in a really weird way. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's two Paul Rudds who neither one of them are satisfied and they're not, he's not playing an overtly funny character. Most of the comedy is coming from the situation, but they're also trying to to drive home the fact that the situation is just weird. Um, right. And then there's a lot of like, uh, you know, when you think the sci-fi elements would take over, that's dispensed with really quickly. Um, there's hints of mystery, but none of them seem to matter. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just a show about, you know, figuring out what it takes to, to be better. And I'm not even right. sure I agree with the final conclusion. <laughs> So there's a lot that shouldn't, like, I shouldn't have liked it. And mm-hmm. then I, I actually really, it, it's one of those shows that just struck a chord. Like, I can watch uh-huh. amazing television and not feel anything about it. And then mm-hmm. this one, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I relate way too hard to this. And I think <laughs> a lot of it was the character of Paul Rudd's wife. Mm-hmm. And it's um played by uh Aisling B. I don't know if I'm saying that. Yeah. Right. So she is uh and it's interesting because the show starts where each episode it like, you know, starts with the original's point of view, then the next episode retells that period of time from the clone's point of view and they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And eventually she becomes a point of view character and you start seeing events from her point, her, you know, perspective going all the way to the past. So filling in sort of where their relationship went off the rocks and all of it is very normal. It's all just, you know, expectations that aren't quite fulfilled and there's no major drama. And it's, and in that sense, it ends up being like, as much as it seems like it should be this very fantastical show, it's not. It's grounded mm-hmm. in very real um, uh, disappointments. And right. there was one scene, like they're trying to have a kid, and she thinks she's pregnant. She's all excited, and she hasn't told him yet. And then her period starts. And it's just, and there's, she doesn't, there's like no words to it. She just goes to the bathroom and starts crying and grabs a tampon. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and it sounds really weird, but it's like, I know that feeling. Like there were mm-hmm. certain things that were so realistic in the midst of, you know, two Paul Rudds punching each other in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it, it worked for me, but there's also a lot of stuff where I'm like, I don't know if they're going to bring it back for another season. I don't know where they right. would go. I don't know that mm-hmm. every single thing worked. Yeah. Um, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Right. Um, it's funny because you hit on a lot of the stuff that uh, – felt similar to me except that I feel like I'm on the other side of the coin where I'm like I wanted to like the show 
Uh, I like the concept. The cast is great. Um, <laughs> Because uh, yeah, besides them, you have um, you have Desmond Borges from uh, from uh, You're the Worst. Huh. Uh, you have uh, Alia Shawkat and John Glazer very oh briefly, God. although they're barely in it, so I don't know why they were oh. there. Yeah, um, but in a very funny um, kind of yeah. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like like they're great in the two scenes, two minutes of screen time <laughs> that they have in the entire series. Yeah. Uh, but. There was and and the the twists were you know well thought out and it, the show was well crafted and like it felt like everything all the elements were there, but I didn't um, like the emotion that you grabbed onto in uh, in the scene with uh, with I'm forgetting the character's name uh, Kate. with uh, with Kate, um, you know that scene was really effective, but that also kind of made me feel. Like like th- that scene was effective in a way that I felt like a lot of the other the, a lot of the stuff with Paul Rudd wasn't yeah, um, and so I kind of ended up feeling a little empty and uh, I know a lot of people have compared this kind of to like Charlie Kaufman style storytelling with like you know between like sci fi twists and weird you know weird setups and weird uh, narrative structure uh, but but like good Charlie Kaufman stuff still has kind of like a, a an emotional undercurrent that you really, that like kind of hits you when you're not expecting it. And I think with the exception of Kate's character, I think that it kind of missed on that. I would agree. I think it kind of shot itself in the foot because the first half of the show, uh, you really end up going back and forth between the two Paul Rudds and, and it almost Mm -hmm. begs you to pick a side (laughs) <laughs> in a way where you're like, I right. start out and I'm like, okay, the new Paul Rudd is better. He's just going to like, you got to get rid of the cl- the original. And then eventually right. you're like, maybe the original is redeemable and maybe the new right. one is like, you know, imperfect or something. You kind of go back and forth. And I think it got better toward the end where you, you mm-hmm. see them finding ways to exist. And, and the fact that like neither one is actually better but it took right. a long time. Even the time. one that's supposed to be, even the one that's supposed to be better, is shitty in his own way. Right, and I think that's also the other hard part is like there, neither one is shitty in like a a way that makes you rail. It's just sort of like they're both very frustrating <laughs> in very right, right. banal ways, mm-hmm. which is also sort of. I thought it was interesting just that it was Paul Rudd because you are programmed to like that man. <laughs> Right. And like this was really in a lot of ways like his most unlikable like performance. Mm-hmm. Um he was a shithead. <laughs> yeah. And the the Paul Rudd that was kind of disheveled like the original Paul yeah. Rudd for for whatever reason there were a lot of shots of him especially like when he was in the car wearing his glasses kind of hunched over where for some reason he he reminded me of Mark Duplass. Like there were a couple yeah. moments where I'm like, I'm like, it's Mark Duplass. Nope, that's Paul that's Rudd. That's still Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I don't know. It looks like bad, a Duplass is, TV show. Yeah, it could. Uh, yeah. If they if they delved into sci-fi, then kind of. Yeah, but it also it so was it, barely sci-fi. It was very much like right. a character study because even like the cloning aspect they dispense with very early on. With right, kind right. of, and I kind of like the way they develop the the strip mall spa that does it all. And mm-hmm. it, and it, you expect mm-hmm. there to be all this weird science. And in the end, it's just like two dudes trying to make money. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so is uh, the show designed just for one season or is there the possibility of more? Um, I think they left it. There's, there's one mm-hmm. major hanging kind of plot thread. Yeah. Which, oh. so, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a question that they could explore 
in season two if you if there was a season right. two. But um, um, but it's a very different. It becomes a very different story if they do. Point, it would. I, I think it would require them answering uh, the question of who, because basically there's this mention of the the cloning parlor <laughs> having mm-hmm. a, a some sort of there's corporate hanging over them determining what they do, um, and I and. There's a very heavy hint at who the corporate bosses are, and it involves like a dead pig carcass <laughs> that's mailed to Paul <laughs> Rudd. <laughs> and but it's none of it is ever connected. So if there was a return, you could explore that avenue. And then there's also it ends on uh, a pretty big revelation for the Rudds and the wife and Kate. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a personal story and a a more kind of plot story that they could follow. Um, yeah. But neither it, one is it necessary. Feels like, it feels like it would probably become more of like a conspiracy show yeah. from a plot standpoint. And then, and then while dealing with the per- that personal jumping off right. point. Right. Exactly. Um, that would, that's my initial guess at least, but who knows if they, uh, you know, decide to do that. And it, and it is yeah. not necessary. Like it could be a one-off. I think it's interesting that yeah. Netflix didn't come out and say it's a limited series. I don't believe uh, mm-hmm. so I'm sure they're just waiting for the numbers and they'll decide, but I don't know. Hmm. It also seemed like it wasn't, did, I mean, obviously, you know, cast, uh, cost aside, um, it didn't seem like it was that expensive a show. No. Cause it wasn't heavy on like VFX. It wasn't, it was mostly in set in upstate New York. So it's not like, I mean, there's a lot of location shooting, but it was, it was like, a lot of houses and a lot of like rooms and offices. Yeah. Um, so it didn't seem like it was that expensive outside of, you know, whatever they have to pay the cash. Yeah. And he talked a bit about, I was watching was that hot wings interview. <laughs> no, I saw that. <laughs> and he talked about what, Oh my God, he handled it better than anybody I've ever yeah, seen. He handled it really well. <laughs> he was super into it. Uh, so, and he talked a little bit about how they shot the opposing Ruds. And it was very much like he just recorded all the dialogue and then he would listen to himself reading one version's lines and acted against it and then mm-hmm. would do the in the reverse. And he was just like, yeah, and then I just have to like remember where I was looking or what I was doing. So it's it <laughs> seemed like it was sort of like, we'll just make it happen in post. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, Tori, would you recommend this to Dustin, since Dustin hasn't seen it yet? I, I feel bad recommending anything to Dustin, because every time I do, he's like, well, that means I have to stop watching this other show. So I, I already screwed up his viewing schedule when I said Nancy Drew was good. Damn it. <laughs> and then when I was like, emergence might not be bad, and he's like, well, then I'm stopping evil. <laughs> so for the sake of all other television, I think Dustin just needs to figure out what he has time for. <laughs> Thank Fair you. enough. I will say, even though my uh, takeaway wasn't as positive as yours, Tori, it was very easy to watch. Like, it was kind of like, you know, even even when I wasn't sure how much I was enjoying it, it, it definitely had that, you know, Netflix feel of like, oh, we hit the end and there's a big cliffhanger. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch one more. Yeah. And I think there were um, shorter episodes, which helped, too. Yeah, there there are eight episodes. Only the last one is above 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, most of them are like 25-ish. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes pretty Yeah, quick. I breezed through most of it on like a Saturday mm-hmm. night. So. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the uh, the main event, which was Watchmen. Uh, premiered Sunday night on HBO. Uh, all three of us watched it, so we can all talk about it. Uh, which might be the first show <laughs> that we can all do that, which is crazy. Um, uh, but it also it was announced today that uh, it was their biggest premiere, I believe, since the first uh, the the series premiere of uh, of Westworld. So nice. HBO's touting it as a big hit. Everybody um, was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody meaning like one and a half million people. Right. right. Everybody that has HBO <laughs> right. was home on a Sunday night watching, not watching football. Right. Uh, but, you know, good for them. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll get into kind of like the stuff that stuck with me in a moment. But, uh, Dustin, since you haven't spoken in a while, what did you think? Oh. What, were your initial, what was your initial take? <laughs> I loved it. Um, it's very Lindelofian. Um, and I did not care for... Alan Moore's comic, it didn't do much for me. I hated the movie. But mm-hmm. I love the way that he works his sort of things, his themes into uh, the mythology of the comic book. Yeah. And what do you, I know you're a fan of Lindelof, but what do you guys have a fan club? What's your, what's your group <laughs> name? Are you, you said Lindelofians, is that... Lindophiles. Lind Lindophiles. <laughs> I don't know. I Lind- just made that up. Linda I, no I don't uh, know how many of us there are or who would even claim it. <laughs> but you're definitely the president of the fan club. <laughs> That's yeah. right. All People right. who are disappointed by lost. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I liked it, I, but yeah. I am not as I am uh, I've never seen the leftovers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Neither okay, I. cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked yeah. about this. Jesus Whatever. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I read the comic, obviously. Uh, I, I liked it fine. I get how important it was um, when, you know, reading it. 20 years after it was written, I wasn't as, mm-hmm. you know, some of the appeal was lost on me. I don't think I disliked it as strongly as as Dustin, but I'm not as sort of devoted to it as I know a lot of its fans are. So right. I kind of came into the show being like, you know, cool, like, this is a fun playground for people to, you know, <laughs> mess around in. Like, let's see. And I right. absolutely agree. I think that the way, especially considering this is set in the modern time versus, you know, Watchmen being in the 80s and how they right, really right. were able to to make a plausible and intelligent time jump ahead and seed in a lot of those details to create this feeling of, like, it is a shared universe. It is all the same timeline we're just watching a a different point this is the natural progression from the events so it was very very intelligently done yeah they they did a it's interesting because they did a good job of and of uh not spoon feeding too much especially about the kind of the background of it um which led me to this kind of weird state where there were definitely moments where i felt uh Confused isn't the right word because it wasn't like I was wondering what was happening. It, or it wasn't. I, I, I'm trying to figure out were, how the right word to describe this. Were you lost? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, but but not in a not in a way that felt uh, disoriented. Right. Like I didn't. Like there were definitely moments in the pilot where I felt like I didn't quite know what was happening. I didn't quite. Uh, I mean, I get what's happening in the moment, but the larger world 
is just being hinted at. Um, but I never felt like, uh, I, I, I guess it never felt confusing, even though I felt like I didn't have answers. It was, yeah, it was never intimidating. It's like, okay, no, I just, you know, I don't know why squid are raining down out of the sky, but like, (laughs) I, I'm willing to, to buy that that's a thing and see where the show goes. You still kind of trust in the show to, to continue. I I didn't really understand how he was going to do it. So when it started, I didn't quite understand where is like where is comedian, where is where are the people from the comic? And it took me, right. you know, a little while to realize that this is, you know, it's thirty years later mm-hmm. after the events of the comic, but mm-hmm. it's in the same universe. But those people are not around. Well, some right. of them still are. Yeah, right. And it, but it was kind of perfect that that of course. Thirty years later, they would be like the subject of like a right. like a Ryan Murphy TV <laughs> <Yes>. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I also found myself. I know Dustin. I think you've said you watched it a second time already. Yes. Um, I I haven't, but I found myself all day today going back to certain scenes that because when I was watching it, you're, I was very much wrapped up in it. Um, and some things were very jarring for me, and it took me a while to kind of. I had to. I spent a lot of today thinking about the show and trying to unpack like why I reacted to bits of it the way that I did. Um, because it's not as it doesn't have as obvious a point of view politically as I think mm-hmm. that we're used to seeing, where shows are very, you know, it sounds terrible to say like it's very liberal or it's very conservative or it very much has like this you know set perspective that we're comfortable with and I kept going back to the the that early scene with the police officer stopping the cavalry Mm -hmm. member and trying to unpack like what because on the one hand it's it's a police shooting and he doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have a gun. So it seems like it's, you know, this is almost like the dangers of, of excessive gun control if we don't let our police, you know, be armed. Right. But then on the flip mm-hmm. side, they're presenting a very viable, you know, domestic white terrorist and, and making sure it's clearly that. Because the scene starts and you really do think the police officer might be over um, overreacting. Right. Uh, And that the guy might be harmless and the fact that he's not and trying to delve into like and this is where the show hasn't gotten to yet. But like why the police are so targeted that they need to wear masks. And Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of especially because it is dealing with so many racial politics. And so having it kind of go, no, police can be threatened, but let's be clear on what the threat is. Right. And where this is all coming from. I'm interested to see where the show, how it's going to take that. Right. Well, it definitely seemed like it was suggesting that there was a lot of overreach by the sort of the Redford yeah. administration. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Robert Redford. And, yeah, especially that, that the moment with, the, uh, with him trying to authorize his gun. Uh, right. right. Yeah. But also the mask themselves because, you know, that also allows the cops to hide their identities and commit evil themselves. Right. Absolutely. And how long has that been going on? Because you are dealing right. with, you know, this is, you know, God, almost 30 years now. And Redfordations? Redford? Yeah. That instead of, instead of reparations? Reparations, <laughs> yes. So that was like, well. But, um, yeah, it, it did make me think of The Hunt, and I really want to see that now, because Lindelof wrote that, 
you know, the movie that got canceled yeah. mm-hmm. by Trump. So, and that was like a thing that was making fun of both red state and blue state and the way, and I think he's doing that, not making fun of, but he's commenting on yeah. both sides here. Right. Yeah. And this alternate universe, you know, kind of being able to create an alternate America around right. that, you know, the what if. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing just how he fills in that timeline to, to explain how we got to this moment. Right. And maybe like Redford's our liberal version of Trump. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's been president for 30 years. So <laughs> something. Oh, is happening. Um, I, I, I think I, I agree with all of this. Um, I, I enjoyed it overall. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, there were definitely moments where I was um, uh, lost, but not confused. Was that what I landed yes. on? Yes. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, see? Sounds right. Uh, but the, the thing that, that really struck me, and I actually watched it just before we started recording again, um, just to, to try to figure out what it was that I enjoyed, because I, I definitely do have a lot of questions, and, and there, are, there are a lot... It, you know, it has to do so much world-building that you don't get to meet a lot of the characters. Most of the characters are kind of just like... You know, you get a, you get a couple outside of, like, Regina King... Um, and uh, and her family and and maybe Don Johnson, um, you don't get a sense of who you know right. a lot of these other people are, other than kind of like you know literally their uniform, their costume, yeah. their mask, right. whatever whatever it is. Um, but the thing that I came back kept coming back to was that this show, at least in the pilot, was playing with sound in a way that TV shows rarely do. Um, I mean, in, in the way that you know, obviously the the score, which is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, was amazing. Uh, the the music was great, um, but the way that they use sound, cutting it, cutting in and out to generate mood, and then rebuilding that sound to to focus uh, the viewer's attention. Um, so, like just as an example, in, in the in the opening scene with uh, the uh, the Tulsa massacre in 1921, um, you know the the little boy he's he's hiding in the in the crate, and then the sound cuts out, and then he wakes up, and the sound the soundtrack is almost silent. Yeah, and you don't hear anything. And then, um, and then it, it starts to rebuild slowly until just to give you a little bit of, of attention of like, okay, this is what's happening in the world. And like, he's seeing, you know, the dead bodies and, and the, the chaos. And then, and then, and then you hear the baby cry. And then that it's, it's, you know, they, they do that throughout the episode where they're, um, they're telling you where to look through sound rather than through visual right. or through sound first before they go. to Yeah. Visual. The sound leads the camera. Yeah, and it's and it's it's not a it's not a new technique, but it's a thing that not that much they isolate it in a way that not a lot of TV does, and I was really impressed by that. Um, and and then also the music again, which I'm going to mention twice because it was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> totally. Um, like the the way the music uh, when they're interrogating uh, the suspect, and then the music cuts out. And uh, Regina King says they're at the farm or whatever she her line is, and then the music just bangs back in, and we're like, "Oh, great action sequence! It's going to be amazing." I don't even know what's happening, and uh, I don't care because because uh, I'm I'm being told how to feel by the pulsing uh, industrial rock. Yeah, well, I think all of that goes to what you were saying, like feeling lost, but but being grounded in the moment, like you never feel like the mm-hmm. show has left you behind because it does give mm-hmm. you all of those cues. Right. So you're always present in the moment. You don't really have time to step back and go like, I'm, I'm confused right now. 
It's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know exactly what's happening, but I I know that I'm going to make it through this scene. Okay. I know that the show will continue giving me information because it's, it's doing it so well. Right. And that's a, that's a, that's kind of a rare place for TV shows. Like not a lot of shows have the confidence to do that. Um, which is why this was, this was enjoyable, at least to me. Absolutely. Now, Dustin, I have to ask you because I didn't realize mm-hmm. the names of the other, um, I don't know what to call them, like police sanctioned vigilantes yes. <laughs> um, until I was reading your recap. Because I was so Tim Blake Nelson as Looking, Looking glass. glass, which I was like, all I mm-hmm. knew was his mask and it was incredible. But I had no idea what his name was until you said, <laughs> until I read your recap. Yeah, I- I only saw it on IMDb. I, don't I think, think they I think they, he's only referred to as LG in the. That's show. why. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I don't think they ever. They say never say that, or and yeah. I know they call I guess Red State Red or what was his mm-hmm. name? Red Scare. Red Scare. Oh. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> he's, Russian. he's Russian. Yes. <laughs> and he eats donuts because he's a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, I I will say my favorite uh, so far of the of the other you know hero quote-unquote hero characters that we don't know is Panda because oh, yeah. he's so oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he, he's so like totally the bureaucrat and just like the <laughs> we're, we're going to do this by the book and I'm going to open to page 480 and I'm going to read you the exact statute and you know you guys are all assholes yeah. but, <laughs> but also I love that because you know they all have very kind of elaborate personas I mean even Red Scare even mm-hmm. though it's just like a knit you know mask that he's wearing mm-hmm. it's still like a thing. Panda is so clearly like annoyed that he has to do this and he just got some like <laughs> rental, you know, bear suit that was clearly right. like already 15 right. years old, had been stained from birthday parties and he's like, fuck you yeah. guys, I'm just going to wear this head. <laughs> like, call me Panda. And he's never, he's never going to wash it. It doesn't no, matter. He's so, it's, it's so a- busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think this one's a keeper. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, yeah. Seems like all three of us are going to keep watching this one. <laughs> I'm so glad that really was uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. Oh, yeah. I was so excited to see him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, because when I don't, uh, maybe I'm just terrible. I don't think I've seen him in anything in a while. I well, feel like he doesn't act that very often. often. Yeah, yeah. He's, in his, he's in his 80s at this point. Yeah. Right? But. Nice to see him playing. Uh, yeah. Apparently, a hundred and five year old. <laughs> if the if the, uh, the trailer or the upcoming right. uh, the preview for upcoming episodes has anything. Also, uh, I just want to say, uh, even though it's just from the preview, uh, James Wolk is apparently in this show, which I didn't know. Oh, and I'm very excited I didn't. About that. Yeah. Also, isn't it um, Tom Meisen is in it? Oh, Tom Meisen from uh, from Sleeping uh, Ho- Sleepy Hollow. Headless. Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally right. didn't catch him at first and I saw him in the credits and I was like, what? Is, so I, I'm assuming he was one of the racists. Like, I don't, <laughs> I think he was, I think <laughs> whoever it was, I was like, you are not Ichabod Crane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely didn't pick up on the fact that it was him when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all right. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll continue talking about Watchmen in uh, future weeks. Yeah. Especially since it's the only show that all three of us are still actually seem to be watching. <laughs> um, I think uh, lots to talk about. I think we forgot yeah. something, Dan. What did we forget? Uh, oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, okay. This is a this is a good time for it. Thank you so much for reminding me. You're welcome. Me. <laughs> um, so, 
we were going to do this uh, up top, but uh, I forgot about it. And so, uh, anyway, this is a perfect time for Dustin's Riverdale recap. <laughs> Uh, as you know, Dustin is our senior Riverdale correspondent. <laughs> he is going to now tell us what happened last week on Riverdale in... It's supposed to be ten words or less, but he claimed that ten that words is impossible. Imp- he says that that's impossible, so we're giving <laughs> him thirty it words. It takes two words, to, or three words to say teenage sex murder. There are a lot of characters <laughs> in this show. But, uh, and so a we're lot giving of storylines. We're right. giving him thirty words. And uh, here he goes. So, Dustin, take it away. Cheryl hangs with her dead brother's corpse. (laughs) Betty is trying to extract (laughs) her mother from a cult. And Jughead started a prep school and may or may not have been murdered. What? (laughs) They could. I mean, he's not murdered. They can't do. You can't do it without Jughead. They're doing a very secret history thing with him. Okay. Also, how do you have an Archie show where Archie's storyline doesn't make the cut for 30 words or less? <laughs> he didn't have a very good one this week. <laughs> He's just boxing and going back to school with Mad Dog. He's boxing? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had, uh, when he was in prison, he learned how to box. Oh. He was in prison. <laughs> he was in prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had, like, Fight Club in prison and the wardens uh, bet on them and, like, some people got killed and... Yeah. Uh, it's are the gargoyles still a thing? Isn't there like magic in this show? They had like a D and D gargoyle king thing last season, and they found him and killed him, and it's all it's, it's over. All okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. But <laughs> what grew out of it was this cult called the Farm, which does still exist. <laughs> and Betty's half brother they found he came back or whatever. They discovered him. He was an FBI agent and he'd been working with Betty's mom the entire time. Who was a plant inside the cult, but now she's missing. Oh, and that's way like more you, than 30 words. I feel like you're just throwing words together yeah. and just, just <laughs> saying a bunch of nonsense. I also want to say that that's multiple fair. things that you've said have been, were storylines on strangers with candy. <laughs> like, <laughs> she definitely was in a cult. There was definitely some talk of jail. <laughs> Maybe that's that's the secret. That's that's how they keep their storylines fresh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's Dustin's Riverdale recap, sponsored by nothing because we no. don't apparently have but someday sparkling it will be. water, sparkling water and coffee. Yes, uh, right. Ram three sixty five sparkling water. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through a couple of other quick uh, other shows that we talked about uh, that we watched this week uh, briefly. Uh, Dustin wanted to talk about Looking for Alaska, so we'll start there. Uh, it's a new Hulu show. It's uh, from John Green, who wrote the book. If you read the book, you probably and you like the book. You would love the show. It's very wistful. It's, uh, very, you know, if you're like a 17 year old kid, you're gonna like love the show more than anything you've ever watched in your life. But what I really <laughs> like about it, no, it's like very profound when you're a teenager. But that shouldn't. It's like about early young love, and it's very sweet and adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about it is it's set in 2005, and you never think of 2005 as having, you know, you think of the 90s as having a style and the 80s as having a style. But now we're looking at, like, 2005, and, you know, there's a very definable quality to 2005, which I didn't realize. Is it mm-hmm. flip phones? Is it chokers? No, no, it's, well, at least in this, it's, it's you know, the shins, and, and, and oh. it's very garden state. Oh, oh. <laughs> Like the feel and the mood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not 
I mean, it's you remember when you saw Garden State before everybody ruined it by hating yeah. on it? Right. Like that first time and you loved it and you thought it was the greatest thing ever? It speaks mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is that show before okay. before everyone it ruins it. Yes. Oh. Are they rolling that out every so, week or is it all up? It's all up. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And I And that's on Hulu, got, you said? Right. And I'm only yeah. got like a third of the way through, but it's very good. So you're saying all of our 17-year-old podcast listeners. We have a lot, we have of, a them. lot of them. Well, it's our audience. Yeah. yeah. Or your 40-year-old people who like to feel that way, the way they felt when they were 17 again. Oh, God, I would never want to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, that sounds that sounds. I awful. was an asshole. Uh, <laughs> you know, remember, you, know, you wrote poetry, you fell in love, you mooned over people. <laughs> I was Nobody wants me to go back to my poetry days. Um, and in a in a show that's very very similar tonally, Dustin also watched right. Treadstone <laughs> on USA. So I wasn't expecting much from Treadstone. Treadstone is the uh, Born Identity spinoff, and um, basically it's like an ensemble Born show. So there's a lot of different Treadstones, uh, and they're all waking up and realizing that they're they have no idea what they're trained to do. They're trained assassins, and they have a common goal. And it's like a pretty good mystery right now in the pilot episode. And the action scenes are actually really, really good. So if that's your sort of thing, it's much, much better than you might think it, a USA Network show spinoff might be. Hmm. Cool. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to so, stick with it and see if it, you know, how yeah. it hangs together. Um, all right. And then Tori wanted to talk about emergence. Okay. Real fast. Yeah. Uh, so they finally revealed who the little girl is. She is not mm-hmm. a, uh, she's neither a mutant nor is she an alien. She's actually right. an advanced robot. And apparently Terry O'Quinn is sort of like evil Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's and so like they're sort of dealing with this whole is she does she have feelings and she saved a turtle so maybe she does have feelings but she also <laughs> clearly has a lot of powers and can you know screw things up so they're they're right. still exploring the mystery of it and like so I was interested in having that answer uh, we still don't know why she was created uh, and I'm not really clear on if evil Steve Jobs wants her back or not. So there's, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm so frustrated with this show because I want to be really into it and I keep watching it because I think there's going to be that one episode that has like the (laughs) the hook and it hasn't happened yet, but I'm, we're inching closer. Um, Mm -hmm. But at this point, the thing that is still the most interesting about the show (laughs) and the mystery I want resolved is why Allison Tolman's character, Joe Evans, the sheriff, why she and her husband, played by Donald Faison, uh, why they broke up. Because yeah, I want to know that. Too. I really want to know because they like they're continuing this whole like very amicable separation where they're clearly both right. into each other, and there's obvious mm-hmm. it's obvious that like neither one of them is an asshole. Right. And that is the most compelling thing about the show because I'm just like just bang on the couch, guys. Like just get back together. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah. So the girl's a robot. All right. Yeah. All right. Robot girl. Uh, Allison Tolman She's and Donald on still. <laughs> <laughs> she really is, technically. <laughs> She's short. 
I kind of feel like we should just use that to pivot to the game. I think unless, so, too. Yeah, it was yeah. a song. Because yeah. you were singing. It was yeah. a nice transition. So, Thank you. transition. It was Thanks, completely Dustin. unintentional. Oh, take well, the credit. Well, I'll cut, I'll cut that out. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that Dustin did on purpose. Uh, this week, so let's go to our game. This week's game has no title, which is a recurring thing for me. <laughs> I, I, I come up with a game, and then I don't remember to think of it. Uh, but it has to do with uh, TV show theme songs and lyrics and such. <laughs> so that's... that's <laughs> you got to work on your pun game, Dan. I hate puns. It's a pun. <laughs> I, 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 I'm terrible at coming up with them. So maybe some of it is like a jealousy thing, that like I'm jealous that I'm not good at coming up with puns. But I, I hate puns. I, I find them unfunny. I think that they're terrible... I think that they're an abomination of comedy, and the only you, puns, the only puns that I truly enjoy are puns that are so bad that like it's like you weren't even trying, and 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 those make me laugh because I think yes, that is the appropriate amount of attention you should pay to a pun. So what I'm hearing is know. we need to, Dustin and I need to do more work more puns <laughs> into this podcast. Just every to time piss you off. work a pun in, I will I will. I will yell something and will then you stop take off punitive action, punitive uh, will, action? Uh, all right, that's Tori's being. Can I mute Tori somehow? Uh, I don't have that power, but I'm going to figure out a way to get that power so I can mute Tori. You get muted. That's what happens. You don't get to speak. Uh, but this week's game, <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, I'm going to read some theme song lyrics to Tori and Dustin, and they have to guess which show they're. Are from. you not going to sing them? You want me to yes. sing them? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Dustin sang. All right. Um, all right. That's fair right. enough. I'm going to sing them yes. because I've had enough alcohol to do yes. that. Uh, so yell out your answer. Uh, these are going to get go from easy to hard probably. Although I think singing them probably makes them easier. So anyway. DuckTales. Not DuckTales. Tori loses a point for <laughs> guessing prematurely. Um, so first to five wins. That's the game. Uh, all right. You guys yes. ready? Yes. <laughs> Alright, your first song Oh my god, this is gonna be so bad. Uh it was you know you know, actually I thought about this beforehand and I did think I wonder if they're gonna make me sing. Of course we were. So So remember. Uh all right, first one. Uh, so no one told you life was gonna friends, be this friends. way. Right. Friends. Oh, Tori got it. Tori gets it, friends. Good job, That'll Tori. be my one point all game. That just makes up for my deficit. Um, so Tori has the first one. Now, the, these first few are easy, and they're easier if I have to sing them. But, uh, all right. Maybe you shouldn't a, sing them after all. No. no. Too late. We're doing it. Um, uh, okay, so here's the second one. Oh, my God. Why is this number two? All right. I can't, I can't hit the high notes, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to wait. Oh, Dustin's great! Dustin's Tori got it. Good job, Tori. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could sing that high, but I can't. All right, it's two zero, Tori. Uh, friends in Dawson's Creek. Song number three. Uh, I got. I got to get the tone in my head. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> uh, Golden Girls. I heard Dustin started yeah. first. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to Dustin. Fair. Uh, you guys are getting these really, really fast. Uh, all right. This one's... I'm going to skip this one because that one's too easy. And not Cheers. Because, 
Not it was not cheers. It was ducktails. It was not ducktails. God damn it. Oh god, this one's this one's too high for me too, but uh, I'm not gonna sing it that high. <sighs> Alright, what's the song? Uh, so it's two one Dustin. Um I gotta get the tune. Two one Tori. I get I get the sorry, two one Tori. I have to get the t- the tune in my head first. <laughs> okay, I got it. Alright, ready? Get me some more time in a dream. Community. The hope. Oh, oh, got it. Oh. Thank God, because that song is way too high. <laughs> I that was say, really well done. Like the 88s. Uh, what's my next one? Oh, here we go. All right, it's 2-2. This is a good game. I'm excited. I'm enjoying this, despite the fact <laughs> that you guys made me sing. Um, all right, ready? Love and marriage. Love uh, and marriage. with children. Mar- marriage yeah. children is correct. Dustin is up. Three to two. Oh, man. It could come back. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, three to two, Dustin. Here we are. We're on song number six. Tori took an early lead, but now she's fallen behind. Oh, yeah. I like how you guys are so quiet. Like you're, I feel like you guys are really... <laughs> I, I have to say, I love your uh, reactions to the list that you compiled. <laughs> because I thought I was just going to be reading them. So they were put in a particular order for that and not for singing. But that's all right. Um, okay. It's a rare condition... This day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Oh, oh. Love and tradition of the grand oh. design. Perfect Some strangers people say no. nope, it's even harder to find. Oh, uh, no, f- uh, full house. Well, then there. Nope. Some no. some magic clue. In, yes. yes. Ah, these I know it's one of those. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too much. God damn it. Good job, but I'm, I'm glad that you guys. Uh, it was a TGIF Friday. Yeah, I, knew I know. That. I was just going through that. <laughs> I was about to get to dinosaurs. Uh, I don't know what the dinosaurs mean. I don't think is. they had. It was just. <laughs> it was just a song. It, yeah, there was I no lyrics. Look, I didn't look down up. All right, this is a good game. Three to three. Here uh, we go. Next song. Uh, I got to get this tune in my head. Uh, what is this one? Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Some. Sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks, but these two gum shoes are picking up the slack. There's no case too big, no case too small. When you need help, just call. And I no, can't sing the next one? line because the next line is going to have the title of the show. Oh. Just call? Chit 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 chip and dale. Oh my god! Just chit chit chip and dale. When there's danger, what? no, no, it never fails. Chip and dale's rescue involved. rangers. That's well, yeah, amazing. I mean, you guys aren't gonna get that. Well, of course, no, but no, that's no amazing. Um, I'm really glad you you chose that, and I'm really uh, sorry I, I didn't. Not, yeah. I, I actually thought that that one was gonna be for t- like Tori was gonna get yeah, that. I, yeah, I, I would think totally that too. It threw me off. Uh, all right, uh, I have Ducktales here, but I'm not going to sing. No, it. don't sing it. Um, life is like a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, <here>. <laughs> Doesn't count, but God good damn job, it. Tori. <laughs> all right, uh, so we're still tied three to three. Oh shoot, I don't actually have enough. This one's, no, 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 no. I do. I have plenty of songs. <laughs> we can play this game. We can play this game again later. Uh, but uh, this one, I don't actually, okay, this one's really hard. This one's just hard to sing if you don't get it in the beginning. So. Oh. Uh, that don't make that, don't take that as incentive to make me keep singing. <laughs> right. uh, let's see. Our whole universe was in a hot 
dense day. Oh, uh, Big Gang Theory. 14. Yep. Oh. Thank God. Because that song speeds up really yeah. fast. And I cannot sing that. <laughs> All right, good. Four to three, Tori. We're one away Damn from it. a win. Um, oh, no. I don't know if I know the tone of this one. Okay, you're taking this entirely mm. too serious. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't. But this one, this one is so. Oh, shit. Oh, okay, specific? Wait, I might have, yeah, I might have to skip it if I don't know. Uh, okay, I can't do that one. Sorry. Just um, read that. Read that. Read that. Read the lyrics. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip it because right. that that one deserves to be sung. Uh, so we'll do it another time. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, this next one you're gonna enjoy. Oh dear. God. All right, ready? Yes. Yes. When I wake up in the morning and the alarm goes out of war. Oh, 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 Dustin gets Damn. it. I heard him just a little bit early. <laughs> All right. Uh, Do you guys ever read that theory? I don't remember who wrote it, but someone wrote a theory about Saved by the Bell and how it like ties into the the Good Morning Miss Bliss show and how it's like a nightmarish fever dream for him. (laughs) No, No. I think it's on Cracked or something. It's really good. All right, four to four. Next one wins. Oh, this is a this is a good song to 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 go out on. Oh gosh. All right. What's the tone of it? Okay. Take my love, take oh, my love, take me. Yep. God damn it! Yes. <laughs> Five, four, Tory no. wins. That's a big upset because uh, we thought Dustin was going to win this one. Damn it! Um, I've watched a lot of Firefly. <laughs> I will have you know, I don't just watch Ducktales. <laughs> I was hoping that that one would be, you know, if we were just reading it, it would be harder. But again, that's. But fine. that's um, when I, I actually wish I had an answer. I just knew Dustin was going to come in with the answer, but I mm-hmm. wish neither of us had said anything because I want you to continue singing oh, that song. God. Will you? That actually might be in my. Could that be my... the cold open? <laughs> oh God! All right, I'll do it. I'll do it at the end. And then, and then we'll see how it is. We'll see how it is as the cold open. But before that, I want to do one bonus one just for Dustin. Oh, Tori, you can guess if you know it. But okay. this is definitely a Dustin bonus answer. Okay. I don't know the tone, but I know how the. I, I can remember how the lyric goes. How do you talk to an angel? That's, that's, that's the spit off. How of do you to hold close to the where you are? That's right. <laughs> How do you talk to an angel like trying to catch a falling star? That's right. That song was like a hit when it came out. And it was just, it was was the first, uh, doing my research for this, I discovered that it was the first TV show theme song to chart on like the Billboard Top 20 in like 30 years. Oh, wow. My father owned the uh, tape, the single tape. For that song? Yes, because my father kind of was in love with Jamie Walters. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, T- Tori has won the game, which is a continues a streak of Tori <laughs> winning the game, or really of Dustin not winning. That's yeah, I'm yeah. Um, so Tori, you yes. get to decide who rants this uh, week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> Did you not? I, I was actually thinking I would take one for the team this week if, if it happened, but I don't have a rant prepared. So, you know. Neither do I. <laughs> Sorry, Dustin. <laughs> um, let's see. What I mean, if you t- want to hear me rant about 911, I could do that. I'm okay this with that. We haven't mentioned 911 all show. That's true. But I, and I haven't seen tonight's, though. Oh yeah, but I, I 
I could just say, I don't know that this is a rant, but and maybe Dan can speak to this as well. But the 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 cancellation of um, Sunny 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 Side. Sunny side, mm-hmm. and 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 it's bizarre how hard people are taking that because it wasn't a good show. Mm-hmm. And I understand, and I understand and appreciate that it's a show that people want to su- succeed right. because it's you know Cal Penn and a very diverse cast and everything. But it was a really bad show. <laughs> but and but also, so Hulu's going to take it. They're going to continue airing it on Hulu too because apparently it was the. Uh, uh, Third, the, the audience for it was the third most affluent and fourth most educated on network TV, which I find just strangely bizarre. Hmm. Does that surprise you at all? Does it? I mean, only if it was beaten by something like The Good Place. Like, what is the most? I don't know. Yeah. Which, I mean, the fact that that would be the third. Most. most affluent. That that yeah. statistic does surprise me um, because it it yeah it it wasn't uh, it wasn't a particularly good show um, at least up to this point. Um, Maybe it was the good place that's number two. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I guess the, I meant mm-hmm. to say only if it was if it somehow beat out the good place. Like right, if, right. you know, it would have to come below other shows. So I'm wondering right. what those other ones are for context. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but. Um, it, I don't know. It kind of, I mean, it, it makes sense to me in a certain sense of that people are, people, people still are, um, are hurting for, for representation is not the right, not the right wording, but, um, I mean, it's, it's like, so just as an example for my, from my perspective, uh, the Asian American community and the Asian American, you know, people in entertainment, um, and, you know, there's so few Asian characters on TV that even when a show is not, uh, or a show or a movie is not, you know, as good as we would like it to be, like, there's still kind of, like, the the expectation to kind of, like, lift it up and be like, no, you know, everyone should still see this. Yeah. Um, because, because at least for us, we're in, we're in that place. We're not in the place yet where we can say, oh, that show sucks. Like, right. forget about it. We, we can move on to something else. Um, in some ways, and, being able to be mediocre is a privilege. Right, right. <laughs> and, and we don't yet have that privilege. So, I mean, yeah. because there are, you know, this show, especially compared to other, even compared to other new sitcoms, was not as good as those, those sitcoms and was kind of struggling to find its voice. And, um, but you know they had three Asian American leads, so to to uh, to a percentage of the Asian American community, it was is an important show, um, dealing with immigrant issues. So that that makes it you know important to a, a certain audience. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I I, I saw mostly that I just Mike, wish it was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I saw that Mike Royce was championing it, and I just thought that was odd. But I, I love Mike Royce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't seem like. You know, there, there is lame. also, I think, in uh, the the small amount that I know about TV writers, it's uh, it's harder to because you know like how hard everyone has to work, even to make a bad show. Um, I think that there's a certain level of like trying to prop each other up as much as you can. Right. Um, yeah. Also, because you know, invariably, a friend of yours is going to work on that show. Yeah. Even 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 if it's a show that you think is not good or a show that you would never watch, um, you know people who work on it, and you know people are you know, like for them, 
for them, the quality is almost not the point. It's really more about like, you know, so they can feed their families and pay right. their bills. And Yeah, this um, is a job. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that we do kind of forget that sometimes, uh, even when uh, even when being accurate in your description of, you know, whether a show is succeeding or not at what they're trying to do. But there's also something really hard, especially when, you know, we're talking about we've basically had four weeks of the fall season. Mm-hmm. And so if we're giving a critical opinion, you know, theoretically a show should be able to respond to the public opinion, respond right. to critics, have time to change and adapt and grow. And, right. and, and a lot, you know, increasingly shows are unable to do that, you know, and, and, and like, I think we've talked about before, especially for, with the network cycle, it's impractical to expect a show to come out of the gate perfect it takes time to gel and i think that something like this when on paper there's so much good about it Mm -hmm. and so you know it's like yeah it may not have been great but maybe it could get great and maybe if it had a few more weeks or it had a you know at least a half season order or whatever and so knowing that it may lose some audience it may shift platforms but they're not killing it off yet i think is is still important because there is, you know, especially with a sitcom, this is not the end of the road. Like there is the possibility of changing. And most sitcoms, most sitcom writers tend to say that they, they, in their opinion, it takes about a year to figure out what a show is and who the characters are and how to, how to write jokes for these actors. Yeah. Um, so. And it's a, it's a great concept. So, um, so that was the rant. Sort of. Thank you sort of. for helping. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't much of a rant, Dustin. No, no. That was our that was our discussion on uh, Seltzer Dustin isn't angry enough. <laughs> yeah, Seltzer Dustin. I mean, I don't wanna encourage anyone to drink, but right, if I no. were to, it would be Dustin and it would be Monday nights. I'm just saying, uh, I bet Seltz, I bet non-Seltzer Dustin could have delivered a Riverdale recap in 10 words or less. Oh, that that's a challenge. Perhaps. That's a challenge, and we'll have to see next week if Dustin can Cards take up that challenge. Again. Gauntlet thrown. Uh, but that's it for this week's show. Thank you again, Tori, Dustin, for joining me. Um, we'll sign off here and then I guess I'll try to sing a cold open so if it ended up at the beginning of the show then you know that I was successful (laughs) (laughs) oh are we supposed to say bye bye sure whatever (laughs) bye